Well, welcome to the Xbox World podcast. It's uh, the 3rd of October and it's uh, coming up to 3 o'clock in the afternoon. And uh, we're missing our esteemed leader, Tim Weaver. <laughs> we are. There's also a massive error in that. It's the 3rd of, of October when our, re- uh, well, when our listeners are listening. But this is going up in the morning, so it's yeah. not... Well, I, tried, I was trying to lie, but Matt's ruined it all now. <laughs> so uh, thanks for that, Matt. I'm Editor. Rob Taylor, the deputy editor. I'm uh, Matt, put my, mouth, put my foot in my mouth, pellet. And I'm Mike, just Mike Gapper. Hello. I'm Mike, not the 3rd of October Gapper. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm, I'm Mike, actually the 29th, the 13th of <laughs> September. Yeah, didn't I Gapper. tell you I'm existing in a different time zone to the rest of you? I've blown it, I've, uh, <clears throat> I've revealed that we have to record this podcast early. <laughs> Yeah. It's yeah, actually not coming, it's not coming out live whenever you've downloaded it, but you probably figured that out anyway. Yeah, we're not we're not, you know, we're not we're not Studio 60 on the Sunset Strip having to cut in to your iPod. Just like slashing into an advert midway through and no, it's not like that. It's not nowhere near that high tech. Anyway, shall we talk about some games then, guys? Yes. Yes. Maybe not. Talk about TV or sports or something. <laughs> well, we've had a lot of requests for um, well, I say a lot. We've had a few Requests for stories from the old, uh, from the old movie theatre days as well, from my days back at the cinema. So we'll crack into those later on. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, maybe not start off with them. Let's try and pretend to, pretend to keep it on topics to start off with, and then maybe we can, um, we can delve into uh, other topics along the way. Um, who wants to kick off then? I mean, I've been previewing and reviewing some pretty big games. It's been a mental month. Oh, it has, reviews. isn't it? Um, as you listen to this, our, our latest issue would have been on sale for two days. So the issue we're working on now, the one that comes out next month, that's the big it's, one. Uh, end of this month, actually, end mm. of October. It's mostly reviews. So we're just like heads just buried in our, uh, our Word documents all, all month. It's, just, it's, it's all, it's all the big Christmas through. games, basically. All the big Christmas games, except for one or two notables games like Prince of Persia, which are coming very, very close to Christmas. I think what I find every year, I never get used to it, is just how quickly these games that you've been kind of pre- previewing for like a year, more than a year sometimes, just suddenly descend on you. You know, it's like the review days and then like the code will come in for this huge game and you're like, bloody hell. To that time of year again. Um, yeah, Fable 2 should be dropping on our desks this very week. Gears of War So soon. as you listen to this, we should have that on our desk. We'll be seeing Gears of War 2 for review very soon. I've been off, well, this is a couple of weeks ago <clears> now. I've actually reviewed Fallout 3. You finished um, Fallout 3 already? Finished Fallout first 3. First in the world, Rob? Finished, first journalist in the world to finish Fallout 3. Did it in crazy time, which I probably won't repeat, otherwise there might be some kind of internet outrage. But um, obviously, that's not the way to play Fallout. No. You, you know, you, you don't just. Let's just say, much like Oblivion, if you just focus on the main campaign to the exclusion of everything else, you can blaze through quite quickly. Mm. Probably slightly quicker than Oblivion at that. Quite a lot quicker than Oblivion, but but Fallout is a is a is a different game to Oblivion, as I've kind of taken pains to write in my my review that. It's it's of course it's going to be judged against Oblivion because it's using the same engine. It's it's you know. It essentially kind of is an Oblivion Mark II, but, but more than that, it's a homage to the old Fallouts. And I guess in a way it's kind of dangerous because, you know, not many people... Because Oblivion was like the first kind of RPG in God knows how long that's really managed to penetrate the hardcore fan base and kind of reach out to the layman and, and, and snare in the casual gamer. But, but then to, to go back to possibly one of the most hardcore RPGs, like a cult 90s PC series for your inspiration for your next game, is, is kind of risky and... And there are going to be people. There are going to be people who have plenty of problems with Fallout Three, just because of that fact that it that it kind of. I don't think it'd be spoiling anything to say <clears> that <throat> once you finish the the main the main uh, campaign, you don't go back into the into the world, which I know lots of people are going to whinge about. I think um, that's a, 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 that just really surprised me. One of the best things about Oblivion was getting the campaign out of the way, out of the way getting all of those 
oblivion gates closed, you know, just get the campaign done and then just wander the world, you know, walk the land. Like I, mean, I felt bad enough that you couldn't go back to all the oblivion gates because I didn't close them mm. all. I just like, I, I think I closed like three or four and then I just finished off the campaign and the rest obviously didn't closed close, They didn't close, they didn't actually close, um, unless you could like close 50 of them and then they stopped spawning apparently. No, but when you complete the campaign, they, they no longer they, they never They no longer spawn, yeah, I know, yeah, yeah. which thank so, God because they were the worst part of the yeah. game. Now obviously there are lots of multiple endings in Fallout which I obviously wouldn't want to spoil but I don't think it's taking too much of a step into the imagination to understand why there might be certain endings where you wouldn't be able to return to the world but that said there are obviously endings where you can return to the world but still the game won't let you and I've, i found that really really strange but again again you know maybe that's just because they're adhering to this sort of fallout template and 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 you know that it, this isn't oblivion 2 this is fallout 3 and it's it's a different game it's not so nearly so open-ended as uh it's not oblivion it's a lot, and and it's so a lot smaller than oblivion. has a beginning I mean, a middle and then it's markedly smaller but also it's markedly more tightly scripted um, so the end of the campaign is the end of the story then. So if you want right. to go and do a side quest, you should be doing them as you, yeah, as you, you can, come across you can, them. You can leave the main campaign real late in the day. And uh, I'd almost recommend the way, because otherwise you're not going to get access to certain, let's say, well, certain things. So I'd almost recommend playing through most of the story. Okay. Getting your certain things and then going out and enjoying yourself, wandering the wastelands, doing other quests that aren't essential to finishing the game. Um, but then are people going to do that see because I mean I got a feeling people are just going to be kind of going off on the around you know you know like the way you should play these games you know you get sidetracked you end up getting sidetracked for 10 hours yeah you know what I mean but but if you don't have but you'll be missing out if you only come up on these certain things later on in the game and I think you'd feel cheated now obviously you can play the game again but I don't know it just smacks to me a slightly iffy you know kind of design that said, it's still an amazing game. I don't think it's going to let anyone down. Um, maybe my biggest criticism of it is, is a criticism of myself. I just came in there expecting, oh, I don't know, the world, basically. And, and what I got was one of the best games I've, I've played in years. It's hardly, a, you know, it's hardly a criticism, but that's just the way I felt about it. I'm getting a little tired of the old review day business, though. Yeah? Yeah. I actually, like actually, actually having to go to the event and play it. I like to, to sit back, you know... In a comfortable place and just play it on my own time rather than be giving a given a time limit. So do finish it in this time. Nathan you know? Nathan Irvin or Irvine, he hates being called Irvin. Nathan Irvine from PSM three said that his favourite review like that was um, was uh, Canis Canem Edit, now known as Bully. Um, he said that Rockstar, who are notoriously strict about review days, actually couriered the code right down to his house and he got to chill out for like three days just playing at home. <laughs> no one standing over him, like no mm. one kind of you know. Rockstar are, you know, famous for kind of making sure that, that these that the review days are quite disciplined and stuff like yeah. that. But they said he was just free to go and do what the heck he wanted. Just wrote it up at home and mailed it into it to the office. And that sounded that sounded <laughs> that, that sounds sweet, all right to yeah. me. These um, we get kind of screwed on review days in the UK as well because um, I mean the the classic case was where you Rob went to and review GTA mm. it was supposed to be me, but I shat myself, so I couldn't. Uh, <laughs> when we say when, when Mike says he shat himself, he wasn't worried about doing the review. He literally shat himself. Yeah, I literally <laughs> shat very himself. poorly. Yeah. I was I was I was taken down by a massive dose of the dose of the old vomo virus, and uh, Rob replaced me on the review and spent the, was it the two days it's three two, days three days yeah. the three most torturous days of your life trying to complete GTA with a you know with a, with a ridiculous time limit. And over in America, they got to all the journalists over there got to spend an entire week with the game. Yeah, I so mean, um, Tim Tim Edwards did Far Cry Two the other day for PC Gamer. He's the depot of PC Gamer, and he uh, he got a week to play it over in um, 
Vancouver, I think it was. Yeah. Well, not Vancouver, Montreal. Bear in mind, it is a 50-hour game. Yeah, I suppose. But, but then, then again, so, Fallout, so Fallout 3. 3. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, although I'm not so sure about <laughs> that. But again, you might have to wait for the review. I feel, feel quite lucky. I've never had to do a review day. I've always reviewed in the office. Or yeah. I mean, uh, one thing I always like to do is I like to com- complete my games before reviewing. So I'll often like nip home with the debug machine and finish it off in an evening. Yeah. Uh, something I did with our world exclusive review, which comes out, well, would have come out two days ago, oh. which is Dead Space. Yeah, what a game that is, eh, Matt? It's a very, very, very good game. Needless to say, everyone in the office was extremely impressed with it. Well, I was, I was particularly excited about it. I mean, I was a bit, bit jealous of Matt doing the review, and I made sure as soon as he'd finished it, I snagged myself the debug. And I don't usually do this. I actually snagged the debug from the office, took it home and played it at home, because I was that desperate to play it. I couldn't wait for like the month and a half it's going to be before it comes out. I just couldn't wait. Yeah, so. it's a funny one, this as well, because we've been um, banging the drum for Dead Space for almost a year now, saying this looks all right, and everyone's like, nah, it doesn't. It's like, you know, it, doesn't, it looks okay. Well, the pedigree of the studio just wasn't, didn't, you know... It didn't inspire confidence, we, no, you know? No. But you know, we've been, been banging the drum, so you know what? Every time we've put our hands on this game, we've had fun with it. Mm. And sure enough, that's why we, you know, that's why we snag an exclusive review. We, um, we, made, we make sure with these kind of things, we play it before we promise anyone mm-hmm. a cover. This isn't anyone buying a score. We play it. We decided, you know what, this is an exceptional game. This uh, belongs on the cover Matt at, at launch. Matt did a great job with it as well because, I mean, I, I, I was coming in every day and I was saying, oh, you know, this is great or whatever, and, or, but this is, needs some work. And we were literally, everything he'd written was just a preemptive. Just total parity, yeah. So it was, it, was, it was great to see that. It's not often we get that in the office. I mean, we, no. we're usually all, you know, We respect each other's opinions, but we have Every now and then, you know, I might like a game that Rob doesn't like or Mike doesn't like a game that I like. Yeah. It's very rare that a game comes out where we're all just, yeah. you know, exactly the I same feelings about it. Dead Space, for a start... We wanted to like it, but I don't mean that in a in a weird way. What I mean was that it had the themes. Was it's, something it's, that like, it's a game pretty really much really which really are you know just right for us. It's a sci-fi game, yeah. loads of blood, horror game, big guns. You know, it's it's very much right up our alley. You know, it's not the the perfect game, but wow, it's it's set the it's set a, it's it's a great game in its own right, and it's really set a, a high standard and some great ideas for a, for the inevitable sequel that I'm already massively excited about. I went and watched Alien, and I'm watching Aliens tonight. Uh, with a, the old lady what, friend just a because strong couple of weeks just because <laughs> yeah absolutely oh I'll tell you what Aliens as well I had a little sneak peek you get, you, you're what? knocking the old special edition in there as well get yeah, yeah, the old yeah, Century Gun action two hours 45 minutes of Aliens <laughs> oh but, but chiefly inspired because of Jet, Dead Space I was like I had so much and it resonated so much yeah. of Aliens and stuff and uh, Event Horizon that's the greatest film I ever walked out of in the cinema you know ever in my life and I didn't even and of all the films I paid to did see you, I mean, did you walk out because you were scared did I walk out because uh, Sam Neill had no eyeballs in his head no I didn't oh, that bit uh, with the Latin was brilliant no I, I didn't pamper myself I just got to the point I was like this film is silly I got up and walked out went, in, uh, went and played on have you seen in the a Mad- console in a nearby Dixon I can't remember which console it would have been at the time have you seen in the Mouth of Madness yeah, I've seen the Method Man. That's a, that's a that's good, good flick. Have you not? That's a strong oh, flick. Yeah. Sam Neill. It's, this, uh, about, it's uh, about this book which makes every people go mad when they read it. It's got Jürgen Prod... What's it Prochnow. 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 Oh, that's a good pronunciation. I've never been able to pronounce that guy's there name. That sounds good. Jürgen... <laughs> anyway, <laughs> anyway, moving on. Well, listen, this is what, this is what the readers... This is what the listeners want. That's, uh, that's very yeah, true. Um, tell you what, James Cameron... You can do no wrong when it comes to action, no. but his preoccupation with 3D really worries me. 
it's like you know after like Avatar is like this big his new film coming out next year is a real big showcase and they're doing a game based on it as well I think with Ubisoft and the game's going to be in 3D as well I'll tell you what I can do without putting goggles on my head when I go to watch a film I already wear glasses I don't need a second I think I'm on a my big, face I'm a big fan of 3D films I get really excited about them whenever I've been seeing them at Universal Studios in like Alton Towers as soon as the, the goggles come on and the balls start coming out of the screen, I'm like no yeah but that's like you know five minutes Alton Towers the Terminator one is brilliant at Universal really? Studios never yeah, seen yeah. I heard about it though I heard it's got a bit of live action as well with a really I think he actually directed that that's right. started his friggin Sorry. fetish for 3D yeah. he loves a bit of 3D I wish he'd just go back to disco and direct you know all I care about is Bill Straight. Paxton and, Mike and Michael Bay in the same movie what a combo oh yeah what is a that, combo. that is a combo that's a combo 80s action heroes really is it is bit of Paxton anyway moving along um, so Dead Space was just mm. one of the kind of games that we, we got excited about yeah last and week, last month. one of their producers is called Chuck, uh, Chuck Beaver which yeah. is the best name how much ever. beaver would Chuck Beaver chuck if a beaver could Chuck Beaver that's good. Yeah, I like Such that. Is the question. That's from Monkey Island, isn't it? I don't know. How much wood would a woodchuck chuck if a woodchuck would chuck Yeah, well, that's an old wood. thing. It's not yeah, just I know, but it's in Monkey Island. Yeah, we like a bit of Monkey Island yeah. too, evidently. The best thing about Dead Space, though, cryptic ending. Well, it's not. It's, it's not cryptic ending not at all, but there's an alien language in Dead Space, uh, which if, uh, if you pay attention to your next issue... We've solved it. Yeah, <laughs> Matt sat there with a pen and pencil and translated an entire alien language. That's my biggest problem with the game. I told you what the ending should have been. That would have been even better. Well, we'll, we'll talk about this like when the game. Yeah, out, because the game's not out. Oh, still we're for not going to. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We're not going to talk. So about uh, it anymore, we'll we'll save that for for at least a couple of months. Come, what uh, do you reckon? Screen white and pedigree for Taylor. It was a better ending than the one that they had. I'd, oh, yeah, what were you saying we'll the other see. day? We'll Come see. on. Well, like I say, we'll leave that for a couple of months. But yeah, when you, when you do get your hands on the game, and you do have to get your hands on the game, it's <coughs> that good. Um, you'll find that there's loads of codes around the ship uh, written in an alien language. And sure enough, uh, we'll, be, we'll be revealing what it all says. Yeah, I was sat there and watched soon. Matt with, sort of with a pen and pencil copying down an alien language and then translating Matt, Matt, it Matt using so pure math. It. Matt got so good at it, he could actually read it at the end because yeah. he managed to work, he managed yeah. to work out <laughs> the letter substitution. <laughs> I wasn't sure if I was impressed or like horrified yeah a little bit worried really also got to meet two of my heroes the last few weeks very exciting um, you and me both was one of them Chuck Beaver no he didn't quite make my heroes list okay got to meet world famous porn star Tara Patrick in Prague <laughs> she's a she's a very nice looking lady and a wretched husband who I'm sure she likes for his brilliant looks and dashing personality rather than the fact he used to front biohazard I think it was and therefore minted um and uh, Seabass, who makes pears. Shingo Seabass Tetsuko. I'm going to probably be a bit racist <laughs> if I try and pronounce his name because I can't pronounce it. So got to meet him. I mean, obviously, the guy who makes pears for Konami. And, and, and um, that was an amazing experience. Really nice guy. Really honest, actually. Really, for, Usually when you interview a Japanese developer, they, I mean, not only can things get lost in translation, you can... They'll, they'll answer like one word and, it, and yeah. everything's really guarded. But Seabass is really, really honest. Um, well, one of the questions we asked him was like, what he thought of FIFA and, you know, if, if, uh, if EA folded the FIFA series tomorrow and gave you their engine, would you, would you take it? And he was like, hell yeah. He's like, you know, the animation, it's like amazing and stuff. And he said, you know, their, their engine is incredible and the graphics are like, you know, better than Pez. He said he wasn't keen on the, the, the actual player models, he didn't think they were as realistic as the Pez player models, but he was like, you know, full of praise for FIFA. And it's, it's really refreshing to hear someone sort of saying that. Um, Turn to hear a Japanese West, uh, developer paying, you know, a bit of homage to uh, Western he design was all well. about He was all about the homage to the Westerns. He was also talking about the fact that, you know, the, maybe the reason that the Japanese developers aren't quite as um, 
uh, cutting edge and, and, and ahead of the curve as their Western counterparts was because they were quite a proud nation, quite, they quite liked to keep the success to themselves and they didn't like to collaborate. Like he was sort of expounding that he, he literally sits next to Hideo Kojima, uh, the Metal Gear Solid, uh, obviously the guy who made Metal Gear Solid. And, and he said that, you know, the guys, even though obviously you might not share stuff between Metal Gear and a football game or mm. whatever, nobody shares, nobody collaborates. Whereas, you know, he was saying about EA and the way that they share engines <coughs> and they're always helping each other with their various technologies. And they're very, you know, very, very candid kind of kind of views from a guy like that. And, that is interesting yeah. that he would say that. Um, I was chatting to, well, Matt Chuck got to talk to, talk to his, his hero, Chuck Beaver. I got to and talk Chris to Jericho. a bigger hero. Yeah, yeah Chris I got Jericho to, himself. I got to meet Chris Jericho last week, who, uh, in the office, I mean, everyone knows I'm a big wrestling fan. But I'm an even bigger Chris Jericho fan. He's just a You legend. like his muscles, don't you? I love his muscles. Yeah. I love everything like about Jericho. Do you like those shoes he wears, good. which raise his height by like four inches? He's only a little guy, isn't I he? I think he's, I might be just yeah, he's, as tall he's as him. Yeah, he's about 5'9 or something, isn't he? Which makes him smaller in that federation. Let's reel off the list. I met Chris Jericho. I met Santino Morella. I met Kelly Kelly, Candice Michelle, Mickey James, who looked absolutely stunning. Everyone was like... Is he a man? No, Mickey James is a, <laughs> is a female wrestler, Rob. We had like, a really good conversation. We'll be putting some of that into the next mag. And then I met um, CM Punk and Kofi Kingston. And I managed to annoy CM Punk so much that he started swearing to his handler about me. Oh, dear. Oh dear. <laughs> How did you manage that? Well, he came in and the first, there, were, there were two of us with like, all these guys asking him questions. And... The other guy, Ollie, who, uh, who does some work for, for other future magazines, he asked CM Punk, you know, you've just lost your title without defending it. How did that make you feel? So that's quite a harsh question anyway. And then I asked a question. I actually ended up inadvertently totally blanking him and asking Kofi Kingston, who was sitting next to him, a question. And I don't think CM like, appreciated me ignoring him. Oh, but I made it up. I, I did chat to well, see him talk, afterwards. Talk about interview faux pas. The German lad that was interviewing Seabass in, the, in our Pez interview. So his opening gambit was, uh, has anyone ever told you to like Yoda? <laughs> Which didn't come through massively well in the translation because I heard Seabass saying to his translator, mention the word Gaijin, which if you guys don't know, it means Westerner, but it's kind of a derogatory connotation. So we decided we were going to do a little, when, we did, the, when we, we did the interview, which we were putting in the next uh, issue of the mag, um, we were going to try and mock Seabass up as Yoda. And, and we did a very And we a did nice a great job, job quite yeah. sinister, but we've all agreed that maybe we'd be, uh, it looked a bit dodgy. So it's, if anyone wants to see the picture, I'll email it to them. Just to <laughs> it, it was, it was um, <laughs> on, the, it on the... It wasn't racist, but it was a <laughs> bit weird. Yeah, it definitely was. It was you, you look at it and you say, okay, that's not... <laughs> He's, he's green, okay, he's green. It's not like you've done anything particularly like offensive there. But then there's something, there's the something day, about it I, I didn't think, like. I think at the end of the day, Seabass, and this is without being racist anyway, does look a bit like Yoda. <laughs> he just does. See, he's, he just does. There's no getting away from it now. Anyway, Seabass eventually saw the funny side of it and seriously reckons now that he was so flattered by the chap saying that, you know, you're the Seabass of... of, of uh, of footballing games. You're, you're the Yoda, 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 Yoda. Yeah, you're the, yeah. That uh, he's going to, he's thinking of changing his name. So. so why is he called Seabass? Well, apparently because he likes Seabass. That's really boring, now, isn't it? <laughs> he's got a new pal who's doing the Wii version. Uh, he's called Greyhound. And we, we I, I was sort of kicking the ball around with him because we went to Rome to play this big Pez tournament. So you actually get to play against Seabass at five-a-side football. Is he any good? No. Uh, and uh, <laughs> Greyhound, I was thinking, might be because of his whippet-like speed. I think it's just because he's really thin. 
<laughs> he certainly didn't have any whip at light speed, especially when I scythed him down from behind. So Seabass is called Seabass because he likes Seabass. What would you so be called? Says, what would I be called? Yeah. I was going to say something really rude. I'm not going to. I don't know, Burger King? What are you, Pat Pellet? <laughs> Me. Well, I'm already we, called every, Rain Man, aren't every, I? I every, every month I give Rob a, a new nickname in the, um, in the community index. I don't index know really of, about it. Yeah. In, in the community index of Xbox oh, World. Yeah. We don't, you know, in the Xbox World, it's about you know, kind of sections. We have an index. And every month I give Rob a new nickname just on the index. And so often Gem ends up cutting them out because they're usually, you know, Gem is our production editor, which means everything goes through him first. And he often ends up chopping them out. And they always, virtually always involve meat. <laughs> we're going to so, have a little word about this after the podcast so, so Rob Meat Treat Taylor Meat Feast Man Hammer was a good one I enjoyed Man Hammer <laughs> Mighty Meaty you know and, 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 and the, and the list, know what you're talking about the list goes on these, what, these what are, are, these are all better down, names than, than Rob Burger King Taylor Mike just sits down with the Domino's menu and just goes through the list yeah, yeah. anything involving the word meat Oh, Bob Neapolitano, Taylor, yeah. Mm. Thank, you, thank you very much. Uh, so anyway, um, I suppose one of the biggest surprises this month in the MAG... Um, whoa, 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 hold your horses there. You've met someone. I met someone oh, this really? month as well. Oh, oh yeah. I, I met the man himself, <laughs> the, the king of kings, and that's not Triple H, you pellet, you friggin' nerd. <laughs> I met old Cliff Blazinski. Cliffy oh, Beams, oh, no way. You were going to say Duke Nukem. No, I thought you were going to say Duke Nukem. Oh, Duke Nukem. I told him, I told him on the last podcast, one, which, yeah, didn't yeah, get, which we didn't uh, record. Yeah, everyone probably knows the last podcast we recorded didn't record, so it had to be re-recorded without me. And I talked at great length about meeting Duke Nukem himself. Obviously, world professional bodybuilder, Gunter Schleerkamp, big yep. fan of, big, who I'm a big fan of. Very sad that I didn't he, get to meet him. He's a great, a great uh, champion bodybuilder a fan, and a fantastic guy. He's got a smile for everybody, nice How man that in the world. not a movie star? I have no idea. He has been in movies, but he's always a guy in the background, just a mm. random muscle man. Mm. But he is by far one of the nicest men I met ever, not just Cliff, at that convention. Cliffy B's a nice lad, though, isn't he? Cliffy B is a nice fellow, very charming, very personable, and all business, all the time. He's very interested in what we think of his games, very interested in uh, you know, what's going on in the industry. Um, he swears a lot as well, doesn't he? And he swears. I like a guy who swears, because I swear a lot. Not on the podcast, though, because apparently I'm not allowed. I was told that before this particular podcast. Oh, well. But anyway... Um, we got to play Gears of War, the entire first level of Gears of War 2. It's much more colourful. It's, um, Disco Town, that's what he called it when he told, it to tell, told me about it. Really? It's much more colourful. It's much bigger as well. Each environment's much bigger. Uh, and the new guns feel great. The old guns feel better. And the new horde mode is excellent. We'll be talking about it in great length in our next issue when mm. we hopefully have the review. But yeah, we got to chat to Cliffy B for a while and did a little interview, which again, we're, sort of, we're trying to work out how we're going to be running the interview. Uh... Not entirely sure what to do with it yet, because we're probably going to be talking to him again. So what we might do is amalgamate both interviews and run it in a future issue as a big feature. But one thing he made reference to in the, when we were chatting to him was uh, about the downloadable content in PC... Not the downloadable content, sorry. The extra section in Gears of War 2. In Gears of War 1 on oh, PC. Yeah. I'm going to get myself tired. The, 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 you mean the broom bit, don't you? The broom bit. bit. The bit which was chopped out of uh, Gears of War on the 360. At least we always assumed it was chopped out. It looked like it was chopped out to us. But at the time, Epic were always saying, you know, it was kind of a technical issue. We couldn't run this on the 360. Nope, turns out all that was wrong. Um, Cliffy B uh, confirmed that this particular event to, uh, to us in, in our exclusive little interview, that sure enough, it was a section which they had planned to squeeze in the 360 game and they had to cut out because of time reasons. But like, we, we, we talked about this, didn't we, Mike? We basically said that, that, that SOB had told us, we can find it on the internet, he told us that couldn't be done because For of technical, technical reasons. reasons. Yeah. And now he's just, it's so, it's so, um, 
This always happens with developers. They always lie, lie, lie. A game comes out and then they turn into the most candid people on earth. They're like, yeah, yeah. you know that stuff we told you about? Like, yeah, we had our fingers crossed on our back the whole time. Yeah. We lied about it all. Yeah, and you know, when it's like when the sequel comes around and you say, and you know, a month early, a year earlier, rather, you're saying, so, you know, you happy with the game you made? Absolutely, the best game I've ever made. Comes to the next year, the sequel of the game's coming out, and you say, so what was wrong with the previous year? And I'll be like, oh, loads of stuff, man. Loads yeah. of stuff. Let me do the list. Wasn't it refreshing to see Peter Molyneux, like, in a recent interview on our, uh, on our site, computerandvideogames.com, actually kind of coming out and saying, well, you know, Fable 2's not perfect. There, this, 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 and this wrong with it. I would like more time with this. I mean, that's really Molyneux's always a great interview, always a nice guy to talk to. Plays a lot as well. Is this my last podcast? Is this news for our readers then, I guess? Yeah. yeah this Are you breaking my, the news? This is my, oh, I'm breaking the news. Breaking the sad the news. But since seeing as I'm the second least popular member of Xbox World, well, I'll, <laughs> I'll, almost, I'll almost be up there once I vote for myself with the rest of you shysters. Um, <laughs> no one will miss me. But um, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm off. I'm leaving the mag. I'm going to, uh, to sunny Dubai. To <laughs> He's not just leaving the mag. He's leaving the country. I'm leaving the country. The yeah. I hate it so much us. here. I'm fleeing uh, to uh, edit men's health. So, yeah. It's literally the perfect job for Rob Taylor. The man yeah. loves games all... Free you know, supplements. He lo- loves pumping iron, loves games, you know, in equal measure. And he's got to do both. Don't worry, there's going to be a, a, a four-page back-of-the-mag game special every single month. So uh, I'll be focusing on the Wii as a tool to get you fit. Or something like that, maybe. I so you can, so you can keep on blagging free things. No. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Can I, hey, hey, Nintendo. <laughs> hey, Nintendo, can I get a... Uh, one of them wheeze, please. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'll miss you all, sort of. and um, sort of. I'm sure I'll be back. I might, might even be back as your editor in a few years. Then I can really tell you what I think of you. <laughs> and then we can leave the country. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then I'm going to go to Dubai. <laughs> you can swap jobs. You have a job swap. Um, I'm liking this uh, developer honesty. I, I, yeah. I like that, Pete. When we interviewed the TNA, TNA guys a few months ago, I was really pleased that they were you know, open about their game not being a contender to SmackDown, something which we and found you, to be you, very true. You had a, and you certainly paid them back for that honesty. No. Meet the most hated man at Midway. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I gave TNA Listen, impact 41%. You, you 41%. Hang on a minute, Matt. Yes. You do know that Midway are like on the rope, <laughs> shall we say. They had to borrow money to make more combat versus DC. I'm not going to have any more press trips to Vegas because of you, Pallet. Listen, we... <laughs> Our job is to review games for the game. It's not to review games for the company that makes them or the people who, you know, present Quite them right. to us. You're no matter right. how, how nice they may be. In Midway, I've got some top guys going really well with them. Unfortunately, this game in particular is just not good enough. It's a below-average game. An average game deserves 50%. It's that I'll tell you what, I was saying this in the office the other day. I will stand by Matt Pellet's review scores before anyone else in the company. I've never seen anyone devote so much time to playing and finishing and then replaying and refinishing That's games for review. Put, put a lot of time into the game. I mean, it's astonishing. I mean, the trouble is, like, it's a wrestling game with barely any wrestling moves. And yeah, that we we both itself, identified that as a problem. That's epic fail. Ben, ben Wilson <laughs> on, o, on uh, OPM was saying that the reason he gave it like you know liked it a bit more than you was that he felt that with um smackdown yeah and this is me speaking as someone who just doesn't want to play any of those games but he felt it was just a, a string of kind of animations where at mm-hmm. least with tna he felt the game was more sort of I, I, I do address well. this in the review i say like i really like the reversal system really mm. nice reversal system quite quite a, an interesting story mode although it's since been bettered by by smackdowns which we'll be reviewing the following month the new smackdown yeah um there, there are some there are some nice ideas and you know I acknowledge that there are some nice things in the game. Unfortunately, you know, it's it's still a below average game. 
the the main problem, like I say, is that it's a wrestling game with no wrestling moves. Yeah. The AI oh, you showed is me just, the moves list. The AI tiny, is just it? atrocious. I mean, I'm outside the ring, other guys outside the ring. Every time without fail, he'll run at me and just step, uh, run into the still steps, and go <laughs> flying, <laughs> you know, yeah. face first into the ground. Yeah. It's just appalling. Yeah. They're trying to hinge the entire game on one match, which is Ultimate X. Well, I've got news for you. That Ultimate X match is terrible compared to the Money in the Bank match or the Hell in the Cell or the Inferno match or the Tables, Ladder and Chair match. I appreciate, I appreciate that change is sometimes good and SmackDown, we're on our 10th game now. You know, same engine. There's a lot of that game that's the same and people want something different. And I see the appeal of TNA because it's something different. Unfortunately, although it's different, it's not good. It needs good to be different, yeah. but it needs to be good as well. There needs to be content yeah. to back it up. And while I'm all for TNA, you know, becoming a good game, because we were really hoping that it, it was more like a, a, tech demo, a tech demo that had potential to be yeah, a great totally, game. Yeah, exactly. Industry. The next TNA game is going to be really good. I know it will, because yeah. they're going to have content in there. But there's just they no can content spend a year in TNA just impact. Animating moves, yeah, spend exactly. a year just, you know, building new matches and new moves, putting a cage match in there. Well, the worst thing is, uh, you know, TNA, Lockdown is, Lockdown, is a pay-per-view. They're big, one of their big pay-per-views, which is entirely a cage-based pay-per-view. It's a stupid idea, I think, but, you know... I don't know, I, I quite like the idea. Is that in the game? No, no, the whole thing, like, TNA is built around gimmick matches. Mm. Every pay-per-view is guaranteed to have about five or six gimmick mm. matches. But so you've got Lockdown. I, 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 th- I was teamed up with Eric Young, and we were putting a tag team match, and Lax came over, and we were like... Um, oh, we'll fight you for our titles at lockdown. I was like, yeah, get in. So we fight him at lockdown. Only the, the arena is just the same arena it's been every time before, and there's no cage around no. the ring. What the hell's the point? TNA fans are going to yeah, see right slack, through it. Isn't it. Another game that came in this month that, that had a lot to prove was, and I feel a bit outgunned here because Tim's not around, is old uh, <laughs> Pesmond. Probably yeah, soccer. Pesmond Llewellyn. Um, I've had fun with it. I've had fun losing to you, Rob. Yeah. I've had fun. Uh, getting it turned off when, when I was 3-0 up against Hoodie in 10 about minutes. About 10 seconds. <laughs> um, but for me, it's still not FIFA, I'm afraid. Yeah, I, I, the more I play it, the preview code I didn't like, the review code I had major issues with, the final code, which I was playing in Rome. And this is a naughty, and it's stupid by Konami, because the final code is not the same as the review code, and that's dangerous, because usually... Because usually it is, and that's the way we mark our thing. But if a company chooses to send us code that they're happy for us to read yeah. it, but then slightly changes the code for that final version, listen, that's that's not our fault. That's that's their fault. I mean, thankfully, thankfully, I've played it and I've been able to amend the score I gave Pez yeah. because of it. But um, otherwise, it was getting a much lower score. Otherwise, it was getting a much lower score. Um, but I, I think it's I think it's the best. I think Pez fans, Pez fans will be really happy with it. I think it's the best personally. I think it's the best Pez game ever. By some distance yeah. now. So that said, it's still not the next gen Pez many people are expecting. Although it does have, they might shake their heads again now again, but I can, it does have almost next gen AI now. The AI in that final version I played was, was very, very good. I kind of talked to Seabass about when we'd seen the next proper, you know, uh, next gen Pez. And he said that it's very difficult because the whole system is built on the eight way direction. The whole of Pez's gameplay. I know this is one of Mike's bugbears, but if you think about it, the whole of Pez's gameplay is built on that eight-way direction. The whole way you play the game is, is built on that. And that's what needs to be changed. And that's what needs to be changed. But the thing is, there's a fine line between redoing that and losing what is quintessentially yeah. Pez because you don't know that the thing that comes out of that might be a better game in the long term or whatever, but will it be recognisably Pez? You see what I mean? And I think that's something that Seabass is, is nervous about. And, you know, Maybe. I don't think Pez is, has ever really been afraid to reinvent, reinvent I don't know. itself. If they're prepared to put in 
pointer controls in the Wii version and still call it PES, and yeah. for it to still be a very good game. I don't think they've got anything to be afraid of. So it used by to be super hardcore sim, and then it went totally the opposite way. It's yeah. much more arcade. Well, I don't, I'd honestly see this one, this third one, ironically, on the Xbox, is the first proper PES on next gen that Seabass is pleased with. Okay. He said that he had a lot of issues with the last PS3 one, so he's obviously very disappointed that, that it was so laggy. We didn't get that quite so much on the Xbox. No. We had that shatty version the year before that the PS3 guys didn't get. So bearing in mind the PS3 this term is the proprietary platform for PES, and it's actually, sad face, better than the Xbox 360 version. It's noticeably mm. smoother. Well, we're starting to see a couple of games coming out that are better on PS3. Yeah. Guitar Hero World Tour, which, uh, I mean, Mike, you know a little bit more about this than me. Um, the music editor, you can import more over on the PS3. Yeah, you, you can, can import things from your PC. You can import MIDI files and so on in the PlayStation version, as we understand it, which you won't be able to do on the Xbox because Microsoft insists upon it being a closed system. Mm. Um, again, we kind of got this with Unreal Tournament as well, where you, know, you could run mods on the mm. PS3 version. But um, one game which definitely isn't better on the PS3 is Fallout, as I understand. Oh, God, yeah. I mean, we, it was really exciting because uh, Ross Afton, who's the editor of PC Game, was playing on like a quad-core dual SRI A ridiculous PC. PC, like, PC like, a... like if, 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 you know, if you had a million... If Bill yeah. Gates was going to build himself a PC, he'd build this PC. <laughs> yeah, but wouldn't be able to afford it. <laughs> yeah. with, a, with like a monitor the size of a small house. So he was playing that at like 60 frames a second. But, you know, there's something about the Xbox 360 version because it's like, it looks a little bit grittier, obviously, because the, the res isn't quite as high, yeah. the texts aren't quite as nice. But it's got that kind of gritty in the middle thing. PS3 version looks like a PS2 game. It looks terrible. I was pumping my fist when I went and had a look at that. <laughs> you fanboy. Yeah, yeah. So, it's, it's a, and the, also the Xbox 360 version, the save games work a lot quicker. And you will be saving a lot on Fallout unless you yeah. want to get very frustrated. So the PS3 version mm -hmm. takes like 45 seconds to save every single time. Which is astonishing. And, and the also Xbox the Xbox version box, 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 box. gets DLC. Exactly, which yeah. the PS3 version doesn't. All in all, it's just, if you've got both systems, um, and I'd even say it's better than the PC version because... It works so well with a pad. I would not want to play that game. It is very much. When I was chatting to the guys over in Bethesda, when we flew, I flew over to Washington to do our cover on the game uh, in Washington for two days. By the way, and Matt had the gall to call <laughs> this a jolly the other day. He said I this was, say a, it was a jolly. You said, said yeah, you did. We were talking about press trips. The press trips we've been on since we all started Tell with you the what, company. We, listen, you wouldn't believe what a pair of whingers these two are. They they do not know they're born. When I was on Games Master, I had to watch everyone else going to Tokyo to America all the time. I got like the London trips. And these boys come in, and within seconds, what was your, your first gig? You went off to... The very first day on the job I went to Montreal. Yeah. Very Ooh. first day. Before, actually, mind. before I started, I started the job on Monday, and on the Sunday before that, I went to Montreal. And they have a go at me just because <clears> I go off to Mexico. Honestly. Yeah, but at the same time, I've gone to... I went to UE Days, which is the hell trip, and then I went to Leipzig, which is hell trip to Electric Boogaloo. I think, I think you've got... I think you've got a... I think lots of our listeners will probably be getting quite a rate because they'd probably give their right arm to do what we do. Yeah. And, and, and it's something I think we're going to address in the questions later on. Um, but uh, our games come out for PS3 very soon, Mike, that I think you might have been spending a bit of time with Little Big Planet. Yeah, I've been playing. That we Little... wish was coming out on 360. Yeah, I've been playing Little Big Planet for one of our, uh, our sister magazine, PSM3. And oh, it's good. Oh, that's um, for a long time we've been waiting for a game to buy a PS3 for. And I bought mine from Metal Gear Solid 4, and oh my god, was that a mistake. That is, I don't know, that, is, that ain't a great game at all. And for me, the game to own a PlayStation 3 4 right now is the Wipeout HD. That's a good game. Anyone with a PlayStation 3 needs to get Wipeout HD. Anyone without a PlayStation 3, it's not the game you buy the console for, you don't have to worry about that. But then there's this game coming out 
in the middle of this month, because it's October 1st today, apparently. Um, <laughs> that's, that really is that last the game you buy the PS3 for, and that's Little Big Planet. It's exceptional. You've been doing all kinds of rude things with it already, haven't you? I haven't been doing rude things. I did build a rocket cock, but then everyone's built a, everyone's <laughs> built a rocket cock. You weren't that guy on Kotaku. I wasn't the guy on Kotaku who built a rocket cock which flew into a, into a floating vagina. No, I, didn't, I, wasn't, I wasn't that guy. But I did, the first thing I built was naturally a rocket cock. And in this game, for me... Do you like Spore, Mike? Do I like Spore? Yeah. This is the game Spore should have been. <laughs> this is unquestionably the game Spore should, like, should and could have been. Uh, Spore was very disappointing. I didn't like Spore. I just meant for your perversions. Not, not so much just playing the game. How is this perverse? I guarantee you, every single person who gets this game, the first thing they're building is a flying penis. It's not what I built. I can <laughs> no, tell you that right. That's oh, definitely oh, not the first lies. thing I built. Absolute lies. Both of you sitting there shaking your head. No, that's not true. I guarantee you, the first thing you're going to build is... You know, that is a thing with blokes. Nathan was showing me his new iPhone. What's the first the, thing you guys do in picture chat? Well, this is what Nathan did. He showed me the drawing facility in the iPhone. What do you think the first thing he drew was? I don't. I just don't. I don't adhere to this school of masculinity. I just don't. I would no. draw. A, I would draw a teenage mutant ninja turtle because that's the only thing I can draw. That's what I draw. I just drew a face on Pitto chat. I think. Yeah. What kind of face? Just a, <laughs> uh, uh, just a <laughs> smiley face. face. A converted face. Drew a face and then drew a penis on its head. <laughs> so yeah, I've been playing the game. I'm playing the single player campaign a lot, which um, to me feels like a demonstration of what the tools can be used for rather than a set of good levels. Mm. I don't think the game on the disc is necessarily brilliant. I think it's very good. I think it's probably the best platform game I've played since New Super Mario Brothers, mm. which in turn was the best 2D platform game since probably Yoshi's Island on the SNES. So that's, I hated New Super so that's, that's a hell of a hell of an achievement. <laughs> Do you think that do you think the best content again is going to come from the fans and like like I said with Spore the other day that 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 lots of the stuff that they were the fans were producing within days of the Creature Creator mm. Kit was 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 uh, you know wearing the developers. Well, I'm on the um, I'm on the beta as well, which is obviously really informing the review mm. because within hours of the beta being available, there were things to download, and it would just be little contraptions. You know, someone would build, you know, the, the old the rocket schwang. You know, like people will build a cube and attach two like handles to it and then an accelerator, which has got a forward and a reverse. And, you know, just to, you know, and these things start popping up. And then a couple of days later, you start getting, you know, levels, you know, some of them good, some of them ugly, some of them really, you know, not very good. Some of them just basically jokes. And then you start getting some really clever ideas come along. Like someone's recreated like a version of Tetris and someone else has like done a game with like Space Invaders. Oh. And all of a sudden you get these really clever ideas. <laughs> and what I'm beginning to think is like the longer it goes on, the more those clever mm. ideas will be integrated into big yeah. levels. Mm. So all of a sudden, you know, you'll be able to build entire levels full wow. of great ideas. And of course, you can just borrow other people's ideas as well. You can just take their objects out of levels and insert them into yours. And this is uh, the potential for this yeah. is incredible for me. It's not a game where I'm building levels. For me, it's a game where I'm experimenting. I'm taking an object and making it of concrete or polystyrene or, um, or you know, of wicker. You can make it of all these different things. And I'll attach an engine to it and a wheel and then, you know, a piece of rope to hang on to, which has got a switch on it. When you grab the switch, it all activates. And just seeing what happens. Mm. To set it loose in this physics environment, for mm. me, that's what the game is. You know, it's the same kind of thing that people have been enjoying on PC for years with um, mods in uh, Half-Life 2, the, the Source Engine mods and so on. And for me, that's the game. Experimentation, just mm. playing around, seeing what I can build. For other people, it's going to be building entire worlds, recreating the whole of Super Mario World. Mm. It's going to be that. Yeah. And we're going to see some amazing things if the community embraces it like they should. I'm almost afraid that 
Little Big Planet won't be embraced by the PlayStation audience. Oh, I don't know. I think it's just going to be an absolute phenomenon. Yeah. And it's got phenomenon one of the things I think Media Molecule have been really smart with is the game is hard, like seriously hard. And that makes sense because they're not trying to sell this game to kids. I'm sure they'll be very happy if kids buy it. But it's not really kids wearing PlayStation 3s. It's, you know, it's 16 to 25-year-old males, you know? And those guys are going to want a, a tough game to slog through. And they don't want lots of little things to find. And if kids play it, that's cool because they can. But it's a tough game. You've got a tough game on the disc, which will last a long time on its own. It's not brilliant, but it's, it's not the best platform game ever. But who ever thought it would be? It's up against Nintendo. Mm. And nobody does a better platform game than Nintendo. What is, it, what it is, it's the, pretty much the best platform game to uh, come from anyone outside of Nintendo in a very long time. Well, like we said, when it, you know, we're always we're always big embrace multi-format. So yeah, I'd love. You know, it's never going to come to 360. No. But it's, it's it's good for games. I think that a game like this has come out, and um, talking about good games that are coming out, Castlevania's out soon on the DS. Oh God, the same game for the <laughs> no, fourth no, time. Not. This one's like the most similar to Symphony of the Night in years. And, and I hear really, it's also really the difficult. hardest Castlevania yeah. ever. Yeah, that looks absolutely amazing. They've like got rid of all that anime crap now, and they've gone back to the back to the old school kind of like a la carte and stuff from like Symphony of the Night. Carts in soon, so I'm going to be reviewing that. Very excited. You're shaking your head there. Not Do you want a hard game? Mega Man 9. Ugh. I've just <laughs> reviewed Mega Man 9. Ugh. I've, I'm going to need a crack at that. Can I, make, can I make the analogy we were discussing before the podcast? You mm. cannot make the analogy. Don't make that analogy. <sighs> Mike had a very crude analogy very about crude Mega Man analogy. 9. Let's just say it's hard and leave it as that. Yeah. What's hard? It's to me, let's put it this way, my that analogy related to it being a relic of a past age. This isn't going to work. Which we've no, just give up which on we've, it. We, I'm, not, I'm not giving up, I'm soldiering on. I'm pushing forward, just like I did with Mega Man. Because to, to finish, like, you know, what we like to do is to finish a game to uh, review it. That wasn't possible with Mega Man because I'm just not good enough. Mike actually didn't leave the first, like, like fourth screen, did you? No, yes, no, I, I did. Finished some level. No, I finished some level. I finished some. Yeah, you acquired I, some powers. It I did. Some, I did. When you acquired once powers, you got the powers, like, levels start opening up. Break, you've got to break a level. If you can yeah. beat a level, and then work out which of the other levels that weapon mm. you've acquired is how, most useful, is most on, useful yeah. in, then you can. And that's that's the Mega Man in the days where you only got a game a year was bloody genius. Now it doesn't really have a place in today's gaming society because it's just who wants to scream that much. But I beat. One of my favourite ever gaming achievements was beating the original Mega Man on NES. And I did it just through soldiering on, through yeah. pure bloody-minded, working out what you had to do. And, and my God, that was satisfying. Yeah, but forget that. That, that. that nonsense belongs in the past. That stuff is dead. It is dead. Yeah, and I thank God it it's dead. And we're not as good at games. Well, maybe Matt accepted. We're not as good at players as we used to be. I mean, I'm, like I said, that's why I enjoyed Ninja Gaiden mm. the other week. Because it actually, when I died, it was because I hadn't done well enough. And it was like, come on, pull your socks up. It's good. It's, it's nice to see that. It's nice to nice not to just cruise through. What I will say for Mega Man is it is consistent. It's consistently brutally hard. It's consistent <laughs> in its unfairness. Like you know, you'll come onto a screen and all of a sudden these two blades will come whirling on. You'll be like, wonder what they're gonna do, and then they'll just whiz <laughs> towards you at like high <laughs> yeah, speed. You, blade, you'll be yeah. like, oh, okay. Well, I guess when I re when I you know get when I start again, I guess I'll be able to remember that. <laughs> you know. It is consistently unfair in that regard. I read a review this week which said it was always fair. You know, you always felt like you were the reason you died. No, that's, a, that's outright wrong. That is absolutely wrong. You will die and you will die over and over again because, you know, you got, you got ambushed by something you couldn't possibly have anticipated. But that's okay because you'll remember it next time. Shall we, shall we talk about one more game before we go to questions? Because, I mean, I thought it worked. You sound like actually. you've already got the game in mind. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah it's like like it. actually more for, for you boys to have a little chat about it. it was, um, was Far Cry 2. 
which is, uh, has just come in. Don't care about that, I'm afraid. Care more about Mega Man than that. You don't care about Far Cry 2 anymore? No. You spent months evangelising it. Yep. You said it was the game of the year. Yep. Right, well, do you want to go into questions? Uh, no, I, ne- <laughs> I never said it was the game of the year. Never said that. You said it had the best graphics ever. I think it's got the best graphics of any game this year, and any game on the 360 full stop. I really, really, really like the, the, the look of Far Cry 2. Um, I haven't spent more than half an hour in the world yet, though, mm. unfortunately, so I'll be um, playing that when it comes out, and I'll no doubt fall in love with it, unlike maybe some people in the office, which... Is it this issue? We've had a very interesting... Issue, issue. We, this, this whole podcast has been kind of like an industry exposure, even, if, even though we couldn't sort of talk about uh, Pete Molyneux's story earlier. Um, we got code in for Far Cry, which we started our review on, and then received a second set of code, which was improved in almost every way. They sent us this code to look at. It's a dangerous game, yeah. that. I yeah. Don't, I don't really think the developers would be very happy about that to no. know that the PRs were doing I, I don't get I don't, it. I don't get it. I don't, what's the point of shooting yourself in the foot? Because we received this code and we were looking at it. We were like, you know what? This is a really fun game, but the AI is friggin' stupid and combat's not much fun. And the world's amazing, but it's so big. And you know, to save is a real chore because you have to go to a safe house to save. So sometimes you'll trek across like land for 20 minutes. You know, someone will, get get, someone will put a bullet through your car window and you'll die. <laughs> You're like, oh, well, now we've got to do that 20 minutes all over again. But then they released this new, they sent out this new build, which is the final build. Um, AI's improved. It doesn't just stand there, you know, in front of a tree anymore, trying to shoot you through a tree. It doesn't just stand there, like, without turning around when you're standing behind it with a gun to its head. Um, it, it doesn't, like, you know, drive... Because before it had no awareness of exploding barrels. So it just run straight towards you, standing and take cover behind an exploding. Well, the mercenaries oh, twos like that. It's funny. Do you remember Hoodie's, Hoodie's fight with the, with that guy when they just ran around the, the, this tiny little shack, <laughs> Benny Hill style? It was like it was like a fight from the Naked Gun. It was just like a fight from Police Squad. Chicken song instead of the Benny Hill music. Then what's the what's the Benny Hill music? Yakety Sax. Yeah, okay. Oh, God. It's a musical interlude on the podcast. Anyway, yeah, the the second build we got through, the final build apparently, AI doesn't get stuck anymore, turns around when you're standing behind it with a gun to its head, doesn't crash the car constantly, and best of all, it just auto saves regularly every time you do an objective. Which is exactly what the game needed. The that second build is massively improved over the original. Like days, it's it? a great game and a huge. I mean, a truly colossal game. Truly colossal. For some reason, I think I'm going to play it on my PC. It's something I've been saying for the last few weeks. I'm not quite sure why I put my finger on it. Just seems like a PC game rather than mm. a console game. Saying that, it's still amazing on 360. Yeah. It's an incredible technical achievement. You should all go out and buy it. Yeah. Question. Question. <clears throat> Let's go to our questions. Uh, we've got one from. Trooper DX three one one seven. That's not a good name. That's a catchy name, isn't it? I'm gonna I'm gonna tell Trooper DX whatever his number is. I'll never right. forget that. Name. I'm gonna tell him right now. That's not a catchy name. You should pick another name. Call yourself Super Trooper DX. That's even better. That's a good name. Big ab, bit of an ab homage. Isn't it a bad film though? I heard Super Troopers was a bad film. Is that Starship he's Troopers? Not, he's not alluding to <laughs> no, the, Super Troopers. He's not alluding to the film Super Troopers. He's, allu- he's alluding the to, to the ABBA Fair song. Enough. Yeah. Fair enough. Super Trooper. Yeah, I get it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> really anyway, question. Po- there was a really good boy um, band cover of that a few years ago. Strong, strong song. Right, moving on. <laughs> um, he's been playing Mercenaries 2, and while he likes the game, he can't get ba- uh, past how bad the uh, the dialogue is. Um, he wants to know what's the worst dialogue we've ever heard in a game. Well, Resi, Resi Evil's the obvious one. Isn't Resi it? Evil is the one. Don't Master open unlocking. That door. Hope this isn't. Chris's blood. <laughs> the best one is Two Worlds. Yeah, that's um, awesome. The the whole forsooth stuff. And yeah. uh, 
I do not have sufficient oh, time. Oh, speaking to uh, speaking about the two worlds, I met the um, the lead translator on two worlds while I was over in uh, Leipzig. Did he speak oh, English? The translator on two worlds <laughs> two. He didn't do one. He joined just as one was shipping. Did he cry when he like read and the dialogue? And I said to him, I said, "What?" Well, I said, "The big question I have is the trans. You're, you're the translator, right?" He was like, "Yep." Um, he's not actually the translator. He works with a team of translators. He, he's he's basically the buck stops with him. And I was chatting to him, and he said, uh, "You know, yeah, we're." Uh, I said, yeah, I saw it basically as it was, as it was, leaving, the, as it was leaving the door. I said, what did you think? I was like, you know, is that, do, you, do you consider it an issue? And he, and he just smiled. He was like, yeah, it's a pretty big issue. Definitely a big issue. And there's no, going to be none of that in the sequel. Oh, and so. the sequel, surprisingly, looks all right. I saw, we saw that at Leipzig and it, it doesn't look bad. The engine's very, mm. very, very strong. Very strong indeed. Do you, do you mean dialogue or actually spoken dialogue? Because I remember learning the Dark Toots to make me. I used to reread the letters in the game. Just because the voice acting, it was hysterical. Carl B, if you are reading this, it means I am dead. <laughs> Press return. Carl B. If you, anyway, it's funny. And you could do little raps with it by pressing it. If you alternate it between the fingers, you could manage to get Carl B. Yeah. And the latest Alone in the Dark had some great dialogue too. Good swearing. Good swearing. Good swearing. Just like for no reason. What was the classic line? We'll beep it. Uh, oh, my dad listens to this. They won't like it. All right, well, you see, I'll, I'll do the swear. I'll do the swear. You just remind me what it is. <laughs> it was a uh, no, <laughs> and f you too. <laughs> like, come on, man, that's not a very nice thing to it's say. Like they went to Chill the game. Out. It's like they went to the game and like that, and the, the, the lead developer was like quite a sweary guy and just went, "Let's get some f words in there." Yeah, totally. yeah. It really does feel like that. It's like, okay, we, this, this sentence needs something. We were, we, were, we were just shaking our heads when that first came out. going like, this is absolutely unnecessary. It's just totally unnecessary and just makes it look juvenile yeah, rather yeah. Than, than mature. But anyway. But it's always good for a laugh. I mean, bad dialogue, it's always good for a laugh. Absolutely. There's, there's, aside from the dialogue repetition, I actually really like the dialogue in um, Mercenaries 2. Yeah. I really like it. It's like, yeah, I just, I, I, it does amuse me. The first time I hear any line of dialogue in that game, I tend to like, smirk a little bit. I'm not convinced that Peter yeah. Stormare did a good job at I'm, I, I don't think it's that great. A, great Tell you what, if you talk about good, good voice work, um, uh, Malcolm McDowell in um, oh in, uh, in Fallout, Fallout. Is, he's brilliant. Yeah, yeah. And Pillman does a nice job for once. He doesn't do a phone in. Hmm, yeah, yeah. Oh, McDowell in McDowell the, I, I awesome. played over in uh, Washington. <laughs> you know, I thought it was Gary Oldman the whole way through. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a mistake! What a mistake What's old Neeson like? Is Neeson Rocket? Nah, Neeson's. You know, Neeson like talks like he's on fucking like some kind of like. Knockout drug. Yeah. Yeah, it's a bit like that. You seen Taken yet? Mr. Emotionless. No. Good body count in that. Is it? Yeah, it Good looks a bit count. bland. With Shannon from Lost. Good body it? count. Shannon from Lost. Shannon from Lost I is his daughter. That's to... where I recognised her from. I thought she'd be resorting to freaking centerfold spreads at the moment. She's oh, probably sh for shad. I knew I recognised that girl. Yeah. That's yeah. it. There you go. Why watch Taken when you can watch Bangkok Dangerous? Good name, man. With Bath's very own Nicolas Cage. Yeah, Bath's yeah. own. Bath's favourite son. <laughs> that, that's a bad name, but it's Captain a remake I hear. Is that right? Was yeah, it, it's, it's a, a remake. remake of a film yeah. called Bangkok Dangerous, or yeah. is it a different name? I don't know. I used know. to watch Bangkok Hilton back in the day. I think it was a TV series. Yeah, yeah I remember. You I know what? It's so weird you should mention that. I, I, it popped into my head while I was taking a shower this morning. <laughs> <laughs> for no good reason. <laughs> With Rob behind saying the words. <laughs> no, it, I was in the shower. I was taking a shower and I'm happen. sure there was like a scene where they escape through the showers or something. Those prison shower scenes, is it? No. You're always thinking about them in the shower. Why? So see, why? Talk to me about it all the time. Why is it always this way? We, we're having a perfectly nice podcast and then the insults start. You've been talking about all Bangkok the time. And rocket cocks. Yeah. <laughs> 
Andy Silva has a question. Let's move on now. Andy Silva has a question. Um, he wants to know how, uh, how we get our, our jobs and if there are any funny stories. Uh, and he, he I just walked it, in off the street and no one's called, <laughs> no one kicked me out. And he, <laughs> he finds it hard to believe I got a job when I'm not old enough to buy it. Oh. <laughs> How do we all get our jobs? Mike, Mike, you were here first, so... Um, Rob was here first. Well, oh, on, on the Xbox World. On the Mac, yeah, yeah. Oh, um, head. <laughs> just, just straight up head. <laughs> <laughs> we was a man of many voices. That'll have to go. No, okay. That'll have to go. Um, Say it again. All right. How I got my job on the magazine, head. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't going to cut it anyway. So, so. <laughs> all right, okay. Um, how I got my job on the magazine? Um, I worked on another magazine beforehand. I think that's when I know neither of you guys did. I don't think, um, but I think that's a. Well, I worked on I worked in future on a magazine. Well, in future, yeah, I worked in, for a different company in a completely different field. You you worked it on a uh, recycling mag. In, in, environment, sustainability, recycling. Yeah, yeah. I covered like which is why we're like the most eco-friendly mag in yeah. the world. Yeah, I'm, I'm, shouts I'm, at me whenever I put a piece of paper in the bin. Yeah, I'm, I'm the guy who goes around bin. making sure nobody nobody tosses magazines in the bin. Anytime nobody... we get sent a letter or a parcel, we don't just rip it open, throw it in the bin. We send it back with a label on for a different address. Yeah, yeah I'm a massive nerd for that stuff. Or just wait until Mike's got his back to and then put it in the bin. But this came fairly late. I left, um, I left uh, school when I was like, you know, 18 with like nothing to my name because I was just like a little scumbag at school. So I just didn't really do any work. So I left with nothing to my name. Spent a couple of years working at the, uh, the, the old movie theater, which was a great job. I highly recommend any student go to work at a movie theater. You do no work. You're and a, a fluffle, uh, sorry, I'm gonna. I'm not. I'm just gonna ignore that. Um, you, you just go around. You, you basically get access to as much sweet, as much sweetest and drink as you can you can possibly consume, and you get to see every movie that comes out for free. What kind of, what what job is finer? You it's still magnificent. don't quite have as much of a movie knowledge as Tim, the psycho, psycho film buff. Tim, Tim is a, is a psychotic when it comes to yeah. movies. I, I agree. Apparently, literally boasts that he spent the two years where he should have been studying for his A levels just watching films like <laughs> yeah. ten hours a day. You do get the occasional odd thing at cinema. For example, I found um, I found some stuff. You know, I found two pe- people having sex in a screen before. It happened three times. Same people, different. People. No, different people and in different locations as well. Sometimes be like in the back between the seats, and then there's someone round by the fire exit. Your dad's gonna be shaking. He's gonna be outraged by this is... podcast. You're you're you're, turning, you're getting I'm disowned. I'm freaking red. Here. It's embarrassed. It's, you know, <laughs> and uh, oh yeah, I found I found a cup filled with. <laughs> I, in fact, I'll say that again just in case we have to cut it. I found a cup filled with urine in the corner of a screen. And I found How two... did you know it was... Because it you was warm. Taste test. Because it was warm. All right? You it might have just warm. been holding it. It was... Wa- no, dude, I can... Th- you tell the difference between like a cup <laughs> yeah, of soda and a cup no, of no, urine. No, no. And, um, oh yeah, that was actually in um, uh, The Haunting, I found that. I can remember the... Oh, actually, it was a devil actually, whammy. So the guy was so afraid by the film, <laughs> he had to have whiz in a cup. <laughs> and also, two junkies shooting up in the toilets. Wow. That's nice, that's really? real nice. So aside from that, it's a great job to have. But anyway, I did that for a long time. Went uh, to college then to actually get something to my name, get some self-respect. And then um, spent a long time just like, basically being an idiot, bumming around, just a fool. Um, I'm not. I'm not ashamed to admit that. I, I spent ages trying to get a job, and nobody would give me the steam off their. Ass. So I worked and I worked and I worked, and I learned a lot of skills. And Pellet's laughing. Still the 18 rated podcast. I, le- I learned as many different skills as I could in the industry. So that meant things like I learned how to proofread, I learned how to sub, I learned Photoshop, I learned InDesign, I learned as much as I could. And I read and I read and I read. And if you want advice on how to get any industry, there's your advice: read 
everything. Read everything and write as much as you can. Get a blog and write all the time. And get out of the habit of writing in first person. Don't say I, me, mine. Don't write about what you're talking about. Write about things. Write about things that you're seeing. So it's good practice you're writing every day. Read as much as you can. Read as much diverse stuff as you can. Read plays, read poems, read movie scripts. Read the newspaper. Read everything and you form can. Form some opinions. And form some opinions. Yeah. And I did this. And then I got to work in another company. And became, you know, honed what I was doing there. And now I'm working here and loving every second because this is what I know. I went into my previous job and learned. I knew the writing, but I didn't know the business. When I came here, I knew both, and that was a real treat. My, mine was much more academically based. Did a degree, and I did another degree when I came here. That's well, you're at Gamesmaster first. You you got um, work experience. <clears throat> oh yeah, sorry. Okay, yeah, sorry. Okay, this is a slightly longer version. Uh, did, did, did. So I got did my BA, did my MA. You don't need an MA to work here. I'm not even sure you need a BA, but you do need to be able to write. Um, yeah, did some uh, did some. I think I've said this in a podcast before. Wrote around, said offer my services for free. Got some work experience. Uh, freelancing for PC Zone. Work experience is absolutely yeah, critical. Absolutely. Work experience makes you contacts. Yeah, it makes exactly. you friends. Yeah, exactly. It gets you great practice as well, and it gets your name in print. The, the biggest thing is the biggest thing is people need to know you're not a maniac because there are you quite, get a, a, lot, lot there are quite a lot of weirdos in this yeah. because it is a quite an antisocial hobby. So after that, got some work experience off PC Game off the back of that. That went well, and I got a job in for GM. And because Mark Donald, who was the then editor of PC Game, had put in a good word for me with Robin, who was the editor of Games Master. Got the job. And then after that, it was all talent and personality. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hammer this drum until the day I die. Don't get into this industry thinking it's something it's not. Like, until today, I haven't played a game in a good few weeks. Mm. Like, you know, it's not all sitting around playing games all day. This job, in my, in my opinion, is... It's a combination of PR. It's two-fifths writing, mm. two-fifths uh, being able to talk to people and being confident, and one-fifth gaming. Mm. Like, you know, if you aren't confident and you can write you have not got the whole package because you need confidence. If you can't go to an interview and come out with something that well, no one else has got, well, that, then you have nothing that, to write well, that'll, about. That'll, that'll come. I wouldn't, I, wouldn't go in, I wouldn't put people off by thinking they've got a perfect I absolutely package. absolutely disagree. I mean, well, no, people have come in and lots of, sometimes people come in, they're not always as good as like you and Matt come in. They're sometimes they need a little bit of coaxing and there are certain people obviously I can't but it's, it's such it. an easy thing to practice on your own time is the thing. Yeah, but sometimes... If you're working in like some you know, shop job or something, be the guy who's like... If a customer looks a bit confused, be the guy who goes and talks to them. Be the guy who answers the phone. Well, that's how I got into this. I, I spent eight years in retail from when I was 14. And um, got, uh, I think I did three different retail jobs. I was uh, a, uh, a garden centre. And it is now character building, is it not? Totally. It is character building. I worked building. at WH Smith and now I worked at PC World, both as a customer service advisor and a business account manager. That was through uni. And then um, my, my degree was coming to an Annette to an end and I've been doing freelancing for Xbox World actually I've, I've been doing video reviews for uh, for a year and um, just as my degree was finishing up there was position up for the that's, for that's the a very actually what Matt says is a very important thing I think lots of people including me go to uni and just see it as a well I mean I worked hard and I got good good really good marks but I did see it as a bit dos and I, all the people that got ahead at uni were, mm. were the people who were doing like jobs and work experience, uh, experience well, I had, I had, and getting um, their eye in. I was getting their name off, out, you know. I was living off my dad's money. Well, I had, I had my retail part time job, but I was also doing freelance for Xbox. Well, that's what I mean. So, doing the video. What, so, you were doing both things. Yeah, yeah. But the, the only reason I did that is because, like, a few years before, I think I've told the yeah, story. Yeah, I you're the like, kind of person I hated at uni. I did like the NGC <laughs> competitions, yeah, I'm the best and stuff. And so, I got known around the industry for, mm. you know, for playing games and entering competitions and stuff and just built up contact lists. I there. would just say, if you want to get into this industry, be a writer. And 
also be a gamer. Don't be a gamer who's also a writer. It's very rare for that to yeah, happen. No, you, I was well, lucky in that you'd be, you know, you, it, was, it was like the, the nicest surprise when Matt joined because Matt was brought on to do the DVD. Yeah. And then Tim got you to write one thing and, and sure enough, you could write. It was, when I was brought on, my, my sole job was for the DVD. Mm. It wasn't to write. It was like, do a bit of writing here and there. Yeah. <coughs> uh, we'll get you, you know, on courses, learning yeah. how to yeah, write. As Deadhead now especially as well, I, I really am a jack of all trades. I mean, I do less writing than you guys, but then I'll do a bit more PR I'll be writing loads and loads of boring stuff that Tim has to pass on to me and things like that. But it's a really, and the further you get up, even to Tim's job is the biggest jack of all trades of all. So, yeah, but you Tim will does build those, so much stuff. But you will build those skills up, and, and the core skills are the ones that sort of Mike and Matt mentioned. Anyway, that's probably enough. Do you want to move on to another question? Yeah, I think. Should uh, we just? Uh, I want to want to do the quick summary. Get experience. Be an excellent writer. Don't have false expectations. Uh, last question, actually, Ron, uh, which is from Clover Seven. Um, he uh, he liked the the Gears of War trailer last year with the Mad World song. I know what? Michael. Oh. Yeah, yeah, he liked that. I know Michael said something about that. Freak. He wants to know what other marketing marketing campaigns were good. That Mad World trailer was the worst thing I've ever seen with my eyes. I can't think of I can't think of many good marketing trailers. I usually think of bad ones. I mean, the Sony PSP one was. Was terrible. The PlayStation Three one was terrible. The PS3 one, yeah, like a Spanish villa or the something. The new Xbox ones aren't very nice either. The ones where you get you do the camera pans around to the back of the kid's head and yeah. Yeah. they're playing games inside his head I and used stuff. To like the old classic ads, like the Sega used to do brilliant ones with the cyber, oh, the razor, cyber cut. razor cut. Even yeah. the Dreamcast ones, with like the Robbie Williams song and stuff, were quite nice. I mean, I think there's always been this tricky thing that lots of gaming marketing campaigns don't actually focus on games. Yeah, which is a bit weird. But um, I didn't mind the one where all the the gaming panels, like all the cover art and stuff, made the Xbox like a couple of years ago. Yeah, they're all there, and they all like melded together for a giant. I think Xbox. the Wii do some really clever ones as well. They show like you know celebrities, mm. like Tiger Woods playing his own golf game was a really good idea. Yeah. Ian Wright and like the celebrities playing brain training and stuff yeah. like that, and having a laugh. Nin- they're showing the footage. They're showing people having fun. It's really well, how clever. Nintendo became masters of advertising. I have no idea. Yeah. Because, they used to be because the worst. for yeah for yeah, dec- totally. for like a decade they totally. were absolute rank amateurs. They would they were outdone by Sega. They were outdone by Sony. They were outdone by Sega mm. again. Yeah. Outdone by Sony again. Each generation which went they were outdone by someone and then the Wii comes along and they're advertising exactly as you should for the market they're mm, going for absolutely perfect now I can I can think of bad ones like the Mass Effect yeah Th- those ads were crap they were dreadful um, I, li- I like more of the different stuff I like the ARG stuff like the I Love Bees and stuff yeah like, they're quite cool but obviously they're not mainstream yeah. they're just, Vi- like, viral, viral stuff can be clever but the, new, um, the new Halo trailer which popped up uh, last uh, Friday that was that's, that thing's just ridiculous mm. I mean, I think Bungie maybe are getting a little bit too big for their boots there. They're just like, okay, we can just play anything there. And that's and not even including rampant whole, internet speculation. And sure the, enough, the whole Maddie instant either. That's like totally aside from that. It's yeah. still, you know, not. I don't know. It's great. just that, that thing was. I didn't like that. At I used all. to like the do, do me a favour, plug me into a Sega with the speakers. I remember that one. That yeah. Oh my god, I remember. I that. don't know if that's just nostalgia, but that's your know, that, that was when games still gave me a massive like like a shiver down the spine that they were so exciting. I think that was because they were sort of fresh and new at that point. Um, can we think of can we think of a single good one? We're going to cut out the lengthy pause here. while we think of a, a good one? Days pass. <laughs> Empires rise and fall, uh-huh. and nothing. Right, there, there. No one likes there, there. Let's just let's just acknowledge it. The wee ones are good. The wee ones are really good. They're really really clever. They might not be to my taste as a kind of like, oh, that's really clever. But the cynical marketing man in me looks at it and just goes, bah, oh, cash, brilliant. Final question then is from Newsome22, who says he loves Hogs of War on the PlayStation 1. Uh, and then he read a review saying it's, it's not that good and it's a rip-off of Worms. 
Eddie wants to know what's the best clone game we've ever played. So like Saints Row is a clone of GTA. I think something mm. that I, for me is what we kicked off saying uh, Dead Space, which is a total it's clone a total of Resident Evil 4. Resident Evil 4 yeah. And like the best clone you'll find. It is an exceptional clone. Absolutely exceptional clone. And then we've also got in the office this month uh, Saints Row 2. Yeah, which mm. is it's not so much a, a great clone as it is... I mean, I guess it's it is a clone. clone. I think what I, what I, it's very different. What I, said of, what I said, it was the opposite side of the sandbox coin. That, 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 and it was a distinct and really, really intelligent decision to see all these the problems, the perceived flaws in GTA 4 and just go, right, the fans didn't like this, this and this, so let's just give them, let's give them what they want mm. and make it mad. Um, I think it is, it is, it's a clone because it's a sandbox game. Yeah. It's, it, honestly, it's the ugliest, most unpolished turd, but it, it's brilliant. It's so it's much fun. So in co-op mode, fun. it is just riotous. Fun. Well, Mercenaries has the same problem, you know, it's so unpolished. It really needed another year to just sit and percolate. I felt sick giving it that score because it, it didn't feel right because it was too high, but at the same time, it's the most pure fun I've had in the game for, since I can remember. You know, I enjoyed Dead Space more, I enjoyed Fallout more. They were better games per se, but were they more fun? I'm not sure they were. It, it, the, the environment we play in, of course, uh, informs the review as well. We were sitting in the office just laughing. Constant laughter in uh, Saints Row 2. Me and Mike Channel from PC Format played the game. In, well, I played it for half a day in single player and thought it was great. So I'm not saying I didn't play it in single player, but then I played it for a day and a half in co-op. And I, you know when you laugh so much, your cheekbones get cramped because you're smiling so much. I was, it was hurting my face. I was like, don't laugh anymore because it hurts. Yeah. And that's good. That's really Yeah, impressive. it is one of the, by far one of the funniest games ever. And this isn't going to be one of those things where you say, oh, it's not worth spending you know, 40 quid for some cheap laughs. That you will get a lot of laughs out of Saints Row 2. A, a game hell of a lot made, of laughs. first and foremost, to entertain. Mm. Yeah. That's what it's there for. That's its purpose in life. Mm. If a game's entertaining, even if it's got problems, even if it's got bugs, even if it looks a bit shit. Exactly. And why can't we have like, the gaming equivalent of like a really dumb com- movie, you know, a dumb comedy movie? Well, this is it. But this is it. This is it. And it's, and it's great. It's just like a really dumb, cheaply made... I'm not sure if the game was cheaply made. It certainly feels cheaply made. Mm. Uh, they look, blew all their it, budget on Terra Patrick. It definitely looks cheap. Cross Volition are busy doing uh, Red Faction at the same time. Um, it's oh, it was, I don't really want even want to spoil the, the hilarity of it by explaining some of the stuff we were doing, but you know when you're when you're riding around on a quad bike as a giant transsexual, a morbidly obese Chinese lady, Chinese nah. lady listening to Aha and the final take on me and the final countdown while running people over, you're playing a good game. Yeah. So there we have it. Don't don't I so, don't know what there is to say about that. Streets of Rage, that's better than Final Fight. Mm, is it? Streets of Rage 2 is better than Final Fight, Streets yeah. Of Rage it 2, is, yeah. it actually is. Still prefer the characters from Final Fight, but that's a good claim. There you go. So, the best. so that's, that's kind of it. So um, thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoyed it. Um, apologies for the swearing. Uh, but, you know, add a bit of spice without it in there. So, uh, it is. It was all but good. the boss wasn't here, the cat was away, so the mice played. Yeah, that's exactly right. And so. uh, bye bye, um, Rob, as well. We are going to miss you. You're going to be back. You're going to be here for the next couple, though. Um, oh, we've been, well, we've been away like on on various trips and stuff. So obviously, this podcast is a little bit later oh, than so it we're normally be would be. But um, I've already booked in the next two podcasts, so we're all going to be on time. So don't worry about that. Oh, there you and go. Rob so I'll be back for be one back. or two last jobs. In that case, no, I'm not, not wishing him good luck. Screw, screw Rob, Rob Taylor. <laughs> have a bad couple of weeks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, screw Rob Taylor and his new job, leaving us in the lurch right at Christmas. Thanks a bunch. I'm going to line you up with a few nice previews next week. All right. Thank you for listening, guys. See ya. Bye bye. Ta ta.